Hey folks, welcome back to the My Technicians podcast. Today's guest is James McCriggan, a security awareness advocate at simulated fi- at simulated phishing platform No Before. Talk about how modern cybersecurity training needs to be more interactive. James says a continuous training model that promotes a culture of cybersecurity and makes training fun can lead to better end user awareness. Before you get to James, here's a quick reminder that the podcast is available on iTunes, Google, and Spotify where you can hear weekly interviews with technology experts that can help you make the best decisions for your organization. And now here's James. One, all right, here's uh, James Quiggin of uh, Know Before. Um, and we're talking about um, cybersecurity training and how simulated phishing attacks can, can kind of, uh, you know, better, uh, help uh, organizations and, and end users um, respond to some of these threats. Um, so James, how does leg- legacy cybersecurity training um, for end users fall short? You know, this idea of, you know, watch this video, take this quiz, and that's it, you know, for like once a year. Well, first of all, thanks for having me uh, on the show and uh, always a pleasure to be able to chat about cybersecurity. So when we talk about, you know, the standard security awareness training that, you know, most folks or, or people are going to receive in their, from their organization, it can vary. You can have the ones where everybody gathers in a room and they give you coffee and maybe some decent donuts and somebody gives a presentation and then they, the organization or the compliance folks are going to sit there and go, okay, good, check. Everybody got their security mm-hmm. awareness training for the year. They should know. They should be good. Um, Other times you've got organizations that send around a computer-based training where you get to sit in front of your computer and literally it's next, 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 answer some common sense questions, finish, and they move on. Uh, And so, again, it's not really sticking uh, the information's uh, holding on there with the users. When we start looking at new school security awareness training, which is what we do at Before. We want to make it engaging. We want to make it memorable. We want to make it so that it's not something that you just go through and and then you do once a year and that's it. Security awareness, because of we are pretty well on our phones, we're on the internet using email uh, every day. We have to make sure that we're bringing security awareness more to the forefront and making it more of essentially our culture. We want to make it so that folks are more engaged with it, more aware of the dangers. You know, I always like to say if you're, you know, you're walking down the streets of New York and nothing against New Yorkers or being in New York, but if you're walking down the street of New York and somebody approaches you and opens up their jacket and go, hey, you want to buy a Rolex? You want the latest Louis Vuitton bag? You as a person are going to look at that and go, yeah, no, I'm good. You're not going to fall for that scam or that trick. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) But a lot of the times folks get emails and they just don't have that awareness and understanding of what's a scam and what's not. Some folks are still of the mindset, hey, if it's on the Internet, it's got to be true. Or, hey, it, it came in electronically. It appeared to come from a friend of mine. It should be good. Uh, And they're just not really aware of those dangers. And so security awareness has to be more of a forefront uh, with what we're dealing with on a regular basis, not something we're doing once a year for checkbox compliance security. 
but something with, that is continually there for users to be aware of and be reminded of. So what are the benefits of, of that kind of, you know, year-long um, training and awareness? And I mean, since you're, you know, with a company that provides this kind of technology, what are the benefits of these, these real-life um, examples such as, you know, phishing simulations? Yeah, so with phishing simulations, you are assessing your users on how well they are at spotting those phishing emails that come in. Uh, cyber criminals are constantly evolving the game. They're phishing emails. They're making them more believable. They're making them more look uh, very real, like it's coming from that particular organization. They create fake domain addresses or domain doppelgangers so that it looks like it's coming through. Because what happens is, is folks end up sitting there, they'll, they'll see that it comes from, you know, Joe over at Microsoft, but Microsoft has been spelled M-I-R-C-O-S-O-F-T. But our brain is reading it as Microsoft, not, you know, Microsoft. And so a lot of folks uh, are rushing through that email. 95% uh, of our day, we do what's called system one thinking, where we are can, uh, continually scanning the environment. We're fast thinking, we're relying on intuition uh, and experience to go through and, and complete it. And so when you are rushing through it, or even if you, you're getting an email and it's coming from somebody that you know, and they go, hey, is this you in this video? And you click on the link. Well, now you've just essentially opened up the front door because anybody that's got an email address within your organization has a key to the front door, the electronic keys to your front door for your organization. Because all your users, if they end up clicking on a link, they open up that door for the cyber criminals, they can come just walking in. And a lot of time you don't know they've come in. And when they get in, they stick around for a while. They are those unwanted guests uh, and it's very difficult to get rid of them. Uh, and a lot of the time what ends up happening is folks, uh, organizations, uh, get hit with ransomware or get hit with some sort of data breach because the cyber criminals have been in the system for 80, 90 days uh, and the organization just wasn't aware of it. And so going through and doing these phishing assessments, you are inevitably going to have a lot of clickers right out of the gate, especially if you don't have any education. Right now, we see one in every three people in an organization will be susceptible to a phishing attack. Wow if they don't have any training. If you give them training and you continue doing those phishing assessments, after about 90 days, it goes to about a one in six chance, maybe one in seven. After about a year and you're continually phishing folks, going through and doing that assessment, now you get it up to be you know one in every 20, which for your IT team and, info and your cybersecurity team are gonna be really happy because it's a lot easier to manage uh, one in 20 people that could be opening up a front opening up that front door versus one in every three. And that's always, uh, that's always problematic. And the other thing to remember when it comes to the phishing assessments, it's a teaching moment. It's not a gotcha moment. A lot of people feel that they're targeted, that they're attacked with these phishing attacks, that they're made to feel stupid or idiotic, or they were wrong. And a lot of the time it's not, it's, it's a teaching moment. It's to educate you. Um, yes, we've been working with email and we've been doing it for 10 years or 20 years. Um, I know for me, it's well over 25, 
been using email and it's like, now you're, you're spoofing me. Now you're catching me. I know how to use email. Well, you do. You're right. You do know how to use email. Unfortunately, what we've got to be able to do is, is kind of retrain the brain, fix that habit of making sure we're going through and not clicking on anything that's malicious or coming in through a phishing or spear phishing email, making sure that you're aware of being able to spot that so that you can either report it whoever it needs to go to in your organization, delete it, get rid of it, but just not click on it and let the cyber criminal in. Because everybody from CEOs to lawyers, rocket scientists, cybersecurity professionals, we have fallen for them. And it does happen because we get in a rushed state and end up clicking on a link because we're not fully paying attention. So how can uh, this, this idea of phishing simulations uh, keep the organization and end users up to date on current phishing trends because because there's one thing that we've all learned over the last couple of years it's that cyber criminals are are smart and they're not stagnant at all they're you know always innovating and um, you know using these these new attack methods that, that you know no one has seen and trying to you know beat our defenses so how can this be a way to to kind of you know launch those, those kind of you know new sophisticated phishing attacks um, in in a simulated uh, environment. So when you've got all, all these new phishing emails that are coming out from cyber criminals, I know within, within our, our Know Before platform, we have thousands and hundreds and thousands of different templates that you can use, everything from very simple to very difficult. And one of the other things that we have within the platform is a way to, with the, it's called our Fish ER, um, where if you have a user that reports a phishing email, let's say one comes into them, they have a what we call the PAB or the phishing alert button where they can click that button and it sends that email into the platform. Well, the administrator for the, the, the application within your organization can then look at that phishing email. And if it's a legit, it's legitimate phishing email, they can then scan all the other user mailboxes using our using the tool to find if that similar emails been sent to everybody else. And if they do, then they can have it removed. They can literally rip it out of the mailboxes. And then we've also got a capability where you can then turn it around, where if that is a legit phishing email from a cyber criminal, you can, we have a tool that removes, strips all the malicious links and then reinserts our links for assessing and testing. So you can then literally turn around within minutes, remove it from everybody, resend it back out, and use the latest and greatest that cyber criminals are using out there oh. to be able to yeah. assess again, see, make sure that your the rest of your users are either going to report it or they're going to end up falling for it. And if they end up falling for it, well, then you got to go through and, and do the refresher training, remind them of, of what needs to be done. But also not only that, within our own platform, looking at other threat intelligence sources, looking online, um, you know, whether you're listening to podcasts, whether you're, you're reading news articles, whether it's Twitter, but looking to see what other uh, phishing emails are out there, what other folks are experiencing mm -hmm. out there is another way to do it as well. Oh, interesting. I've always thought that um, more, you know, examples of, of those things in, in the media um, and then sharing those, you know, among the organization is a good way to kind of spread that, spread that awareness and, okay, this is, Something that you know, whoever Microsoft or um, I don't know, Mandian or Sophos is seeing, and here's you know what they're saying about it and what we need to look out for. I've always thought that out that that was an important thing to to you know spread in the organization. Yep. Um. So what 
What about the case of a, uh, a business uh, email account that's already compromised within the organization? Is there a way to simulate that? And if there is, you know, someone, someone's account is already compromised and, they're, and that's being used to, you know, attack others in the organization? Yeah, that's certainly one excellent way to be able to assess your users because a lot of the time people drop their guards. That system one thinking kicks in uh, where they're thinking, oh, it's coming from Joe over in counting. Okay, all right, well, what does Joe need? And then they, they drop their guard and without really looking at the email. Uh, you know, sometimes folks, uh, and I've had these discussions and heard these discussions with other security professionals when it comes to the simulations, the phishing assessments, where they go, do you use people within your organization uh, pretend you're them. And a lot of the time uh, when cyber criminals get inside an organization and they're in there for a while, they'll create their own email accounts mm -hmm. for the for, for themselves or spoof ones that would be for the CEO or somebody in upper management mm -hmm. to try and because again, looking to have that rapport with their victim, with the user, and they send that email. Uh, we've seen a lot over the years, especially in the last few years, with regards to business email compromise, CEO fraud, where they will send an email out to an employee and they'll find somebody that's relatively new that hasn't been there a long time and send them an email asking them to go get gift cards. And they'll have a reason why it needs to be done. It's for clients. It's for customers. It's it's a surprise for several staff members. Um, and so I don't tell anybody. Uh, just yeah. contact me through email. And then they go off and buy buy these gift cards. Now we've gotten to the point where you've got organizations going. Okay, we now have a new HR policy that's, <laughs> that states the anybody cannot. Uh, ask you to go buy gift cards or you'll never have a CEO or upper management attempt to get you those, uh, ask you to go buy those. So, but we still have, and we're still hearing about organizations uh, that end up falling victim to it again, because of they don't have that awareness or not really fully aware. Uh, I did have a, a colleague of mine tell me that uh, he had somebody after the 18th gift card that he bought, he was like, you know, this is kind of weird that they still need another 10 more. And then he reached out to his IT guy and, and uh, basically because he'd already turned over all the codes for the gift cards, the money was gone. Um, they weren't able to uh, recover it. So it, it's always important, the what I like to say, trust and verify. You know, if you get an email from somebody within your organization, they're asking you to do something, you know, they may, a lot of times they start off by going, hey, are you in the office today? And you're, and you're, it's, an, it's a simple question. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm in today. You know, what's up? And then they start that rapport and they start that conversation to get you to a point where, and it may not be something all in one conversation. It could be spread out over so, several days. And eventually they'll be around, hey, I, I saw this new, really funny video. You got to check it out on YouTube. And they give you a link. Or, you know, hey, I saw this new change in the benefits in this PDF. You know, have you seen this as well? And of course, you built this rapport, it's a conversation, and then you go, what? Oh, okay, click. And then you end up falling for it. So it, it's a matter of always, you know, when something strange comes out of the blue, when they're asking you to do something that you're not quite sure about or seems unusual, that's when the trust and verify comes in where you want to reach out to them through a secondary measure. So if it is somebody in the organization, then you might have an internal communication program like Slack or Yam or Messenger, whatever it may be, Teams reach out to them through that other method if you can or look them up in your corporate directory um, and and just verify that yeah they are legitimate now if they're creating their own fake email accounts within the organization 
you know, maybe they don't make it to the corporate directory. It definitely would be in the address book, but, you know, sometimes it, it's worth taking the chance to go through and just verify, hey, or even go visit where their office is if, if it's in the vicinity where you can go up a floor or walk down. I know with the no before we have an open open floor policy. So it's easy. If, if I got an email from Stu Showerman, our CEO, I know I could go walk over to him, his office and go, hey, Stu, did you mean to ask me to get these gift cards for you? Yeah. Um, so it's always important that, you know, when you have those internal emails and you just aren't quite sure to go ahead and take the extra couple minutes just to trust and verify to make sure that it is who it is. So how can this be way to gamify cybersecurity training without taking away from the seriousness of it? So gamification is always a good thing. People like to play games. They like to hear stories. Uh, when they're being lectured at or when they're got to go look through training, half an hour, 45 minute training, it gets old, it gets dull. So you want to mix it up. You want to make it so it's exciting and rewarding and engaging for them. And so gamification can come in a variety of different methods. And we've always believed that it's better to use the carrot than the stick. And when it comes to the gamification, uh, one great example is a, a friend of mine who runs a security awareness program at a particular at a law firm. And every month he has a top 10 list of the people that work in the, the firm, lawyers, paralegals, whoever, uh, a top 10 list of people that have reported phishing emails, legitimate phishing emails, or the assessment ones. And the winner every month gets a $25 gift card for Starbucks. Oh. And he figured, well, this would be great. This will get people engaged. Well, he didn't quite expect the engagement he was going to get. So much so that the he would have lawyers pop by his office, you know, in that last week of the month going, hey, how's it looking? Am I, am I still up there at the top? Am, am, am I doing all right? Um, they didn't care about the $25 gift card. They just wanted to know that their name was going to be on the top 10 sheet or be number one. It was more of a competitive nature, a pride, you know, and he was able to leverage that to, to get folks really engaged and paying attention to their email and not falling victim to those. And so when you do those contests or you have other fun activities surrounding it, you know, where it could be something if you have a corporate event and it's like, all right, spot the phishing email or spot the different errors in a particular email, or you have videos. Uh, one of the things that, uh, shameless plug again for no before, but is our Inside Man series. Uh, it's a film series. Uh, each We've done four, four seasons of it. Each one's about eight minutes long and there's 10 episodes in each series. And one of the fun things that we've heard from our users is in department meetings, they will start the meeting off with an episode of the inside man and then they spend a few minutes talking about it so it's the the concept of it is all story first and then cybersecurity tips and at the end of every episode you get three two or three tips of things to be aware of and it's great because if you time it right you could stop it right before the tips show up and ask everybody okay what did everybody think? What would you think the tips were for this episode? So again, then you have that engagement with the folks and they get this great story. I mean, when I first started in before season one was already out. And uh, every time we've had the new season come out, everyone's gotten excited as well as our customers to be able to watch the new season. So trying to lead with the carrot is going to be a lot better, uh, you know, better to uh, catch bees with honey than vinegar and get them engaged, you know, when you're having your phishing reports, rather than announcing who got caught, announce the people that, that did really well and spotted it, you know, what is your 
what's your percentage of catching the fishes versus falling victim to it? You know, look at look at ways to spin the positive uh, and make it engaging and enjoyable for your users. I definitely see this as as a way that, you know, to spread that awareness without just, you know, confusing end users, you know, nothing about IT or, or, or security. So it's it's a very it's very complex. It's difficult to understand it for a lot of people. Myself included. I mean, I'm a I'm a I'm a journalist, and I've only been covering IT and cybersecurity for about two and a half years, and I'm still learning a ton. Oh, yeah. um, and for the end user who does not, you know, doesn't work in IT or security, it's um, you know explaining these things to them can be probably kind of challenging. But this is, it's, I mean, if you make it like fun, like a game, it's I think it becomes pretty easy, and it'll eventually become you know kind of a you know second nature for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. You know, cybersecurity is a serious thing, but it doesn't mean we can't have some fun with it. Right. Uh, but at the same time, folks, you know, and I've had these conversations with my wife, who's a, a retired school teacher, uh, where, you know, and we've had the conversations. It's like people just don't want to learn through it. It's like something else they've got to learn. And so, OK, well, we got to figure out another way because it is important. And when we especially in the education schools, uh, the education systems, they are constantly being hit, uh, as well as healthcare and all industries are getting hit. But it's a matter of sharing it with your users, how important it is, uh, getting their buy in, you know, maybe, and it's not something that you might have to do, you know, 45 minutes every six months or every few months, but maybe do 10 minutes a month. If you can get that in there, you know, department meetings, staff meetings, um, newsletters, posters, the videos, you know, just figuring out other ways to be able to get them, get it engaged and making sure that they understand the why, you know, a lot of the times it's like, okay, all right, I'll do the training because I have to. Well, the reason we want you to do it is because you have that key to the front door to your organization. We don't want to make it, you know, you wouldn't let somebody walk into the school that, you know, was there to do, you know, to steal things or, or worse. Uh, you wouldn't let them in and do it consciously. And a lot of the things that ends up happening with the email is it's accidental. It's, it's something they didn't expect or weren't paying attention. And so, you know, the same thing applies is get, make sure they understand the why behind it to help drive that security culture a little more just so that they can be that much more engaged. It's, it's hard to change people's behaviors uh, because we all try to do it on December 31st and January 1st of every year. And by the end of, you know, we'll sit there and go, okay, I'm going to exercise better and eat better. And, and I won't drink as much <laughs> by the end of January, you're sitting on the couch, you know, drinking beer, eating chicken wings, watching the football game. Yeah. So you know, it's, it, it takes little, it takes doing it every single day. It takes it doing it very repetitively. You know, you can't expect to go to the gym twice a year and, and expect to have a physique, an excellent physique. No, it takes and work and fun. effort and you got to work at it. And yeah. this is exactly the same thing. Very, very good. Uh, you're, I feel like I'm being attacked a little bit, but that's all right. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't see below here. I mean, it's like, you know, I got a force field protecting my six pack. But, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right, uh, James, thanks very much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, take it easy.